This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Merry Christmas. Let's open our time together in prayer, all right? Lord God, we ask that you come here right now in this place, this time and across our nation in our homes, and that you would open our eyes, and that you'd open our hearts to see you, the light of the world, our Savior. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. God's word that I want to share with you today is from Isaiah chapter 9, and, and this is what it says. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Tis the season for traditions. Think of some of your favorite and most cherished Christmas traditions. Well, there are a lot of traditions at Christmas time, right? Everything from like baking cookies and candy to listening to Christmas carols and Christmas concerts, maybe going to Christmas plays. Uh, we also watch Christmas TV shows like a Charlie Brown Christmas. We watch Christmas movies like Hallmark movies and Home Alone and Elf and of course, Die Hard. And, <laughs> right? I mean, you know. And for those of you who don't think that Die Hard's a Christmas movie, you're right. But we have people here who think it is, so we're just going with that, right? A lot of Christmas traditions. We, we dress up, we get family photos taken at, at Christmas time. We have our family gatherings, gift giving. We decorate the inside, the outside of the house, and of course, our, our trees as well. For me, when I was growing up, one of the things I just looked forward to, I couldn't wait to do it, is we'd all as a family get in the car, drive just a, a little ways down the road into a, a, a the ritzy neighborhood in El Paso called Eastridge. And in Eastridge, almost every single house had their house decorated with lights all along the way. It was so cool. I'd be in the back seat in the dark. Christmas carols would be playing on the radio and these lights are just glowing. I was in so much awe and wonder as a little kid. I think that that's probably why still to today, I love to go to Candy Cane Lane every year. Yeah, Candy Cane Lane here in Milwaukee. In fact, this year I've already gone twice. Yeah. And if you're worshiping online and from a, a different area of the country, you've never been to Milwaukee at Christmas time. When you get here, if you get here, you gotta go to Candy Cane Lane. But this year is different, right? This year is different. And because it's different, what I, what I thought we ought to really do is just go into God's word and find out in the first place, why did Jesus come? Isaiah who I read from earlier, he said this. He said, the people walking in darkness. It was darkness. 
For the people of his day, what, what that meant was, believe it or not, there was political corruption. <laughs> there were grabs for power. If there was a word that would describe that day, that year, that decade, those generations around Isaiah, it would be the word injustice. And for the people of Isaiah's day, it was, it was really dark because there was an invading country coming in. And that invading country was actually going to conquer them and defeat them. And there would be a get out of your home order instead of a stay at home order. And the people would be deported, transplanted away from their family, their friends, their traditions, their rituals, and placed in a whole nother area. It was a really dark time. Fast forward from Isaiah 700 years up to the time of Jesus. It was a dark time then too. It's a dark time in the church. There was corruption in the church. There was a dark time in the, in the political and, and government scene as well. And as you'll maybe remember from when Pastor Ben read that Caesar Augustus issued, not a mask mandate, but a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Okay? So if you were anywhere in the vast Roman world, you had to go back to your hometown to register for the census so you could get taxed, no matter where you lived, no matter how old you were or how young you were, no matter how much money you had or didn't have, you had to leave and go back to your hometown. See, there was no mail-in form or online registration. You couldn't hop in a, a car or plane or train and, and go back there because they didn't have it then. So you had to walk no matter what, no matter how cold it was, no matter how hot it was, no matter whether the wind was blowing or not. You had to go back and register to get taxed. It was a very tough time for a lot of people. It was a stressful time. It was a dark time, including for a couple that you know as Mary and Joseph. You see, Jesus came in the first place not because everything was great. Not because everything was good or even just okay. Jesus came because things were messed up because there was darkness. So why did Jesus come? Because the world is dark in sin and its consequences. And we can relate to that darkness, can't we? The pandemic has interrupted and disrupted our lives, to a degree that a year ago we would have never heard, you know, thought of it. We, we knew there was this thing going on in China, but that was way over there. And, and they were, you know, just, there's no way. It's interrupted our traditions, our rituals, our customs. Even those special occasions that we have, from births to baptisms to graduations to weddings to Christmas. For many of us, we're used to gathering as a big old family at Christmas time. And for a whole lot of us, that's not going to happen this year. Yeah. We're, we're used to, to coming to church and it, it being full, but not at six feet apart and, and wearing masks. It's changed things. We live in a dark time. There's political polarization. There's concerns about the outside getting in 
to our computers. There's chaos all over. There's conspiracy theories. There's changing narratives. And for some of us, we've been living in a time of injustice for oh so long, but no one really noticed it. And for some of us, our our eyes were open this year to some of the injustices that were going on that we didn't see that because that's not who we were, what we were about, and it's not what we thought everybody else was about. And of course, some people try to play off that too and take advantage of that situation. We live in a time of darkness. Psalm 13, you maybe don't know it, but I bet you've quoted it in the last couple of months, at least once. Psalm 13 says, how long? Oh Lord, how how long is this gonna last? How long? And as you know, right, the, the darkness isn't just out there. It's among us as well. In the last decade or so in the United States, mental health issues have been on the rise. If not steadily, then maybe even rapidly. And even more so now in this time of pandemic, those issues have been going higher and higher, probably because of the polarization, the loneliness, the isolation, the separation. Things like depression can lead to a very, very dark time. Here's an example. Watch the screen. I was, you know, in this deep depression and anxiety, you know, all those feelings. I remember locking myself in my room and not coming out for, you know, my dad would come in there and like, Aaron, you have to get out of bed. You've been in bed for a day or two, you know. And I just remember being so angry with God. You know, why are you, why would he let me go through this? Why would they do this to me? There has to be a reason. Um, freshman and sophomore year was, you know, it was kind of what I expected. High school to be was like everyone was kind of getting to know each other and everything was good, you know, everyone was making friends. Then my junior year hit, um, that was tough, you know, I had my friend group and my, uh, my best of friends um, start to turn on me and bully me. And then I got a text just saying like, when you come back to school, don't talk to us. Um, we don't want to be friends with you. Then, you know, I was thinking, what did I do wrong? Um, You know, my self-esteem went down, um, my depression hit, my anxiety hit. I found hope um, through my parents. Um, You know, my mom, just being who she is, she would just send me Bible verses or, you know, post stuff on the fridge and stuff like that. Oh, a little bit ago, I was just struggling with stuff, you know, just overwhelmed. And I have this good friend of mine, you know, we don't talk all the time because, you know, we both have super busy schedules, but I just remember driving to work and I'm like, gosh, it'd be nice to talk to her. 10 minutes later, I get a call from her and you know, that's just, that's God. You know, that just doesn't happen by accident. Erin's story is still being played out in real life. Jesus is the, the light at the end of that dark tunnel. And by God's grace, Aaron is holding on to Jesus in the hope that he brings. He is her light in the darkness. The even better news for Aaron is that Jesus is holding on to her and will never let go. And I want you to know the same is true for you. No matter who you are, 
Jesus is holding on to you and he will not let go of you. Jesus is the light in the darkness. He's the wonderful counselor, as Isaiah said. See, if, if you ever are, are wondering or concerned about your value and worth, then listen to the wonderful counselor who in his wise counsel came up with this plan to save people. And that wonderful counselor carried out that plan himself where he gave up his life so that you could see how valuable, how much you're worth to God. Jesus is the light in darkness. Jesus came because there's darkness. There's darkness all around. Sickness is one of those darknesses. Yeah. In our day and age, we're even afraid now of getting sick or passing it along to someone else. Never really before has that happened in our time, in our culture, except for maybe when you've gone to the doctor and they found a spot or they found a lump or your blood work came back all messed up. Kevin and Dawn know all about life-threatening illness. Let's take a peek into their story too. Um, a lot of nights just kind of laying next to her and talking with God. And I, I hate to say it's that, you know, bargaining. What did we do to deserve or what did I do to deserve this? If I was a better person, does this not happen? I'm not comfortable because if she's not here with me, I just don't know how I'm going to do this thing. When I had seen the doctor, he said, I don't think it's anything. 80% chance it's not cancer. We took the phone call together and how did that right go? Right in the parking lot of Sam's Club. And uh, yeah, he just said, um, really sorry to you know, have to give you this news, but it is cancer. And it, that moment just kind of, it freezes time a little bit. And I remember my first thought was, I'm so thankful it's not the boys. And I'm thankful it's not Kevin. It's so much easier that it's me. That's probably my biggest fear, is losing him. Kind of remember Dawn saying, you know, we'll, we'll get through this together, it's gonna be okay. And that's, it seemed like when her faith really took over that, okay, it's, everything's gonna be fine. I knew there was one of two good outcomes for me. Either I got to beat this thing and stay here on this earth with them and celebrate many more years, or I would be able to go to heaven and be with my creator. Kevin um, had set up a site for me and, and he would go out and put my progress on there, especially after the chemo days. It always ended up with thanks be to God because without him, we couldn't do it. Like Aaron's story, Kevin and Dawn's story is still being played out in real life. So right now she's cancer free and there is a doctor appointment or so remaining though too to check on those things. Jesus is a light in the darkness. See, it's like Dawn said that she's in a win-win situation. 
one win is that she gets to stay here with Kevin and the boys and share many more years together. The other win is she would go to heaven and be with Jesus forever. And then her boys would come sometime in the future and there would be this amazing family reunion. As you see, Jesus is the light in the darkness. It's just like Isaiah said, that Jesus is the mighty God. He's the all-powerful God. He's conquered all of our enemies, including sin, Satan, and death. And so if this is a tough time of year for you, if this is a time where you are experiencing grief, Remember Jesus, the light in the darkness. He is the mighty God. And I want to thank Aaron and, and Kevin and Don too for, for sharing their stories in real life. And speaking of real life, I know. I know here in the ministry center and, and across the nation worshiping online that there are any number of people who have doubts. You've been trying to stifle the doubts, pretend that they don't exist, trying to deny them, but they're there. And maybe this will give you some encouragement that when you look into the scriptures and you look into books like Psalms and Lamentations, and in fact, a whole lot of other places, what you find is you find some amazingly strong, faithful people that have doubts. Jesus is the light in the darkness. He knows all about our doubts. And Isaiah says of Jesus, he's like the everlasting father. When we have doubts, Jesus isn't upset. He doesn't push us away. He's not angry. Instead, he comes to us with compassion and understanding, with welcoming arms. And he gives light to our doubts. There's darkness Darkness in our world, darkness that, that happens to us. And if we're honest, darkness inside of us. And this is how I know it's inside of every one of us. Every one of us here at one time or another has been up at night and we couldn't sleep. We were in the dark and our teeth were clenched and we had this tension in our shoulders and our stomach was queasy upset and our, and our heart was racing with regret. And we're playing over and over in our mind, how could I have done that? What was I thinking? What am I gonna do? Why did I say that? Why didn't I do this, this other thing? What will people say if they find out? What am I going to do? Can I make it? And Jesus, the light of the world, shines into our darkness. The darkness that we tried to hide from everybody, our guilt and shame, Jesus shines in on it. And the good news is, Jesus doesn't cancel us. He's the light of the world. The prince of peace. Paul says this, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the light, 
in the darkness. He comes to us, our regret and our guilt and shame, and he doesn't hold anything against us. And if he doesn't hold anything against us, we don't need to hold anything against us. So why did Jesus come? Because the world is dark in sin and its consequences. And because Jesus is the light in the darkness. He's your savior from sin and its consequences. Isaiah said it this way, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. There's some scary things out in the dark. You know what the best thing you and I can do is is go to God and admit our darkness. Because when we admit our darkness, you know what happens? We are poised, we are ready, we are eager to receive. When I was a little boy, I had two light lights, one in my bedroom and one in the hallway. They were like two-inch square flat screen TVs. That's what they looked like. And they, they threw out a light, soft, blue and green light. The the one in the hallway was there, right, in case I woke up in the middle of the night and need to go to the bathroom. But I was a guy. I really wasn't ever afraid of the dark. Except, you know, I'd be afraid of the dark on those days uh, that ended in the word day. Okay? Only on those days would I ever get afraid. And that light in the hallway while it worked to to get to the bathroom. The real reason why it was there was to light the runway to my parents' bedroom. Light makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. For some of us, when we go through dark times and, and tough times, we're super strong. We serve God wholeheartedly. We trust in his promises and, and we just keep forging ahead. It's all good. For some of us, when we go through dark times and tough times, we get, we get nervous, we get scared, we're anxious, we're afraid, and we worry. Which one are you like the most? For most of the time, are you the, the strong person or most of the time are you the weak? Well, I want you to know that if, if you're the strong one, that's awesome. You will not be disappointed. God is, Jesus is, you're light. And if you're weak and you're kind of like a, a candle flame that's flickering in the wind and you've got all this anxiety and, and all this worry and, and all these concerns and you just weigh down, I want you to know, Jesus is gonna hold you up. He's not gonna let you down. You won't be disappointed in Jesus. He is the light in the darkness, the light of the world. The music team, why don't you go ahead and, and come on up as we start to wrap things up. It's thinking Jesus is the light in the darkness. You realize, right, that that's what the Christmas lights are all about. That's why we put lights on our trees. That's why we put lights on our houses. All those Christmas lights, what they do is they symbolize Jesus. 
light in the darkness, light of the world. It's, Isaiah, it's just as Isaiah said, he says, unto us a son is given. Jesus is the gift. The gift of light in darkness. The gift of a savior. Isaiah says of our light, Jesus, remember these things? For you and me, he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. He's a gift for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That same writer wrote this earlier in his book. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Friends, no matter who you are, no matter what you feel like, because Jesus, the light of the world, suffered through the darkest of all times, being separated from God on the cross, paying for all of our sins, you can know that since he rose from the dead, he will light your way, no matter what darkness that you are facing. See, there's nothing dark that can keep the light of Jesus from piercing through and shining on you. So this is what you need to know today in the town of David. A Savior's been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. See, Jesus isn't just for a manger. He's for you. The light in the darkness. The light of the world. Your Savior. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.